Thank you for inviting me to speak this morning, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the open mic. And um, there's three primary texts that we'll look at, and a whole bunch more, so just follow along in your Bibles if you'd like to. The three main texts are 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 13, Ephesians 5, 15 through 21, and Colossians 3, 16 and 17. The key word today being blessing, blessing. And um, I first of all, just bring you greetings from Gospel Fellowship in um, Gladstone. They kicked us out of our building today. They have a fall festival. The Adventists have a fall festival and they have a spring festival. And so we disperse to other houses and other churches and a lot of our members go visit churches with their grandkids and things like that because we don't get a chance to do that on a regular basis. And sometimes you get invited down to Salem to preach when we get kicked out of our building. And then they're gonna refinish our floor in about four weeks. So we'll get kicked out one more week while they refinish the gym floor. So. It's always a good opportunity, and we rejoice when everybody comes back the next week. That's really good. And uh, so, bring you greetings there. The big idea this morning of what I'd like to share with you is, um, at Gospel Fellowship, there we go, at Gospel Fellowship Community Church, we have an open mic available during the worship in song portion of our service for believers to encourage, to exhort, and to edify the body. So I bring this this morning, would this be something your church would be interested in introducing into your morning worship service? So we're gonna spend some time this morning looking at this topic in detail and uh, First of all, why this topic? Why even talk about the topic about the open mic or the open microphone? And, and uh, first, I was asked to preach on it, so that's probably one pretty good reason, is the elder said, would you come and preach on this? And second, for over 20 years, I have observed it being used correctly. Um, Gospel Fellowship has been blessed each week to see members of the congregation uh, come to the open mic with good words of, uh, and appropriate words of encouragement and exhortation and edification. Third, until last month, I'd never preached on this topic. So I was able to preach on it in our church and got some pretty good feedback. A couple of people said, I always wondered or I never felt like I should come to the open mic or something like that. So really good feedback on it. And so... Um, it really is an important part of our church culture in Gladstone. It's, it's unique to our church other than Household of Faith Hillsboro. Um, I'm not aware of another church that is currently using the open mic right now. And uh, probably the closest would be the Plymouth Brethren who encourage the men to come with a word each week of, uh, from scripture, but that's probably the closest and it's a distant cousin of what we're doing forth. Uh, my prayer is that as we work through this topic this morning, it would be something your church would consider. And then fifth, and I need to say this from the, the top, um, the open mic in each church has the what I would call the flavor of the church and its leadership. Uh, when I first observed the open mic at Household of Faith in Gresham over 20 years ago, it was uh, more 
charismatic in form um, and practice than it is at Gospel Fellowship. And I think that has to do with that, the, the gifts of the Spirit being in operation, but also the leadership of the current church and how the leadership is structured. And we do believe that all of the gifts of the Spirit are still for today. We would be uh, continuationist rather than cessationist, and we'll talk more about that. However, I believe I first heard the phrase in Gresham, I think it was charismatic with a seatbelt is what I heard, is uh, that you get the idea, you know. Um, as I was studying this topic and its use in the worship service, I found it helpful to look through a series of questions. And so rather than your typical outline, we're going to look at five different questions this morning. And these five questions will form our outline. So the first question is, what's the open mic? What is the open mic or the open microphone? Secondly, who can come to the open mic? Third, our key word, what are the blessings of the open mic? And fourth, what are the safeguards for the open mic? And then finally, what should be the outcome of the open mic? So first, what is the open mic? The open mic is a microphone available at the front of the church during that portion of our worship service where we worship in song. It is an occasion for a believer to come to the front and bring a word of encouragement or exhortation to the assembled church, utilizing the spiritual gifts the Holy Spirit has given to every believer in this congregation. The reason I say it's the worship and song portion is that all of our worship services worship. From the minute you walk in the door, your tithes and offerings, your, the time together, all the way to the very end, it's, it's worship. But it's that worship and song portion where you may feel prompted to come to the open mic, and that's why we define it that way. A, a short bit of history. The open mic for our church dates back to the founding of Household of Faith Community Church in Gresham and uh, by Greg and his fellow elders. Full disclosure, I was not there when the church started, so, and I decided not to call Greg and ask him for a history lesson. He can fill in the gaps on your Wednesday night gathering when you meet and discuss this sermon in more detail. But uh, our family started to attend and uh, be, after it was in operation, I believe that Greg and the elders believe that by allowing and encouraging persons to come to the open mic, it would allow more of the body to participate in the worship service. And by utilizing their gifts at the open mic, it would bless those who attended. And most importantly, if done correctly, it would bring glory to God. I also have seen it modeled in a couple of other Sovereign Grace churches uh, over the last few years, but it was a screened open mic. And by that I mean that uh, if you wanted to come to the open mic and say something, an elder would listen in on what you're going to say, and then at the appropriate time they would decide if it's an appropriate word or not, and then at the appropriate time they would invite you to come up. Maybe they hear a song that you've just sung or something, or they'd invite you to come up. And we don't do that as a church. We don't. At Gospel Fellowship, we don't believe it needs to be screened. We believe that... Uh, there are safeguards in place, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but if the Holy Spirit prompts you, you should be able to come to the open mic without it being screened by an elder. We'll talk about that more in question four. In the local church, encouragement 
and exhortation can and should come from a variety of ways with the various giftings within each local body of believers. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth with words of instruction. You're very familiar, you're going through 1 Corinthians right now, I think, and this is a church that was, it had some serious problems, and they were, um, there was some misuse of the gifts and inappropriate use and, and overemphasis, and with some thinking that their gift was more important than the other people, and, and uh, they wanted you to know that. Paul uh, corrects their thinking in 1 Corinthians 12. Just read this text for us. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit and to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, and, and to another the affecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. For even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink with one spirit. From these verses, uh, we can observe, thank you, hon. I think that works. From these verses, we can observe that uh, each believer is given a spiritual gift or gifts. Sam Storms in his uh, book, Understanding the Spiritual Gifts, says this, spiritual gifts are capacities or abilities imparted to Christians by the Holy Spirit to enable them to exceed the limitations of their finite humanity in order to serve other believers to the glory of God. So they are Holy Spirit-empowered gifts beyond your current skills, talents, or abilities. There are many books out there about spiritual gifts. Some of them are good and some of them are not so good. Horrible. Horrible books. A good one is Understanding Spiritual Gifts, where this quote comes from, from Sam Storms. It's, it came out, I think, in 2020. Another one is Our Miraculous Gifts for Today, Four Views by Wayne Grudem. That book has been out for some time, but that's a good book. And then um, Sam actually remember, uh, recommends a book I have not read, and it's called Surprised by the Power of the Spirit by Jack Deere. And the other one he recommends is the one by Wayne Grudem. You can also find a host of spiritual gift inventories out there. And personally, I have found those to be, I, I took some of those in my early high school and early college probably, and I've found those to be less than helpful. Uh, maybe you've had a different experience and you've taken those and it's really helped you, but for, for me, 
uh, it just seems like to start doing and see how the Lord uses your gift is a better way than trying to figure it out through a matrix of an inventory. It'll also be confirmed by the other members of the congregation when they see you exercising your gift and say, I see you serving, I see you, I see you with an encouraging word, I see you, brother, sister, you have the gift of giving. It's obvious to me in the way that you handle your finances or handle your time. It'll, just, it'll become obvious. So um, rather than an inventory, I would lean more towards um, just start doing and see what the Holy Spirit does, and it'll be confirmed in the body. So, we see here in this text that there are varieties of gifts within each local body as the Spirit directs and, and distributes. So, within each body, no matter what size, there are varieties of gifts in your body to help and assist in the morning worship service. It says also that they're given for the common good, for the common good of the body. The church is blessed by your spiritual gift or gifts. I believe you can have more than one. And as you use them, we believe that a robust, God-glorifying service will happen and should include your gift through the open mic. Uh, it says the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit as he wills. The Holy Spirit distributes those gifts in the body. At Gospel Fellowship, the open mic uh, in our church is introduced by the worship leader. And um, usually after the first song, we'll sing a song and then the worship leader will come forward and say, we have an open mic here for any of you that are visitors or you need a reminder. It's here for you to exercise your gift in blessing the body. And practically uh, in our church, uh, a, a person is invited to the open, they'd come to the front here and stand and then the worship leader would tell them to come up at the end of a verse or at the end of, typically at the end of the song, invite them to come up and, and share. Um, the worship leader, they, they prepared a set of songs and they're watching for someone to step up to speak from the open mic. You, you might have to wait for the song to conclude and that's okay, but they will be watching for you and then they'll invite you to come up. So in your context, perhaps in between songs we're singing, you would feel led to share something, you just come there, then Luke would turn around and look and pause on the song, come up and share, and then come back down and move on in the service. So that explains kind of in brief what the open mic is. It can be such a blessing and an encouragement to the entire body if done decently and in order. And that leads us to our second question. Who can come to the open mic? Look across you guys, who can come to the open mic? The open mic is available to any believer, regardless of age or gender, who attends one of our worship services, whether they be a regular attender and sometimes a visitor will come to the open mic. It's available to men, to women, to children or adults. We have had visitors on occasion that have come to our service and have come to the open mic, but they're usually somebody that we know or they're from a sister church or even a relative of somebody. Recently, we had a, a, a grandpa, a, a dad of one of our women in the church, and so he'd be grandpa to some of them that are sitting here, and he just felt prompted. They were, they're kind of in between churches, and he was so overjoyed with uh, how the service was going that he just felt prompted to come to the open mic and just give a word of encouragement and encourage the congregation to keep doing what you're doing. I'm just so encouraged and warmed 
by the fellowship and love and affection that I felt when I came in this morning. That's an appropriate word. Now we know the gentleman and uh, we're, you're on guard, but he was very appropriate in what he shared and what he shared was from his heart and it came in the context of the flow of the singing that was going on. So um, that was a, a good thing. First Corinthians 14, 26 and 27 tells us that each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Each one means each one. You have an active part in the worship service. Not everyone will come to the open mic every week, obviously, but you're enthusiastic singing. You're encouraging each other. Your words of exhortation and encouragement privately, thus utilizing your gift and, and the open mic could be one of the places where that happens. Every member of the church should be listening to what is being sung what is being shared, and most importantly, should be listening for the prompting of the Holy Spirit to come forward. Often the Holy Spirit will use what you've been reading in your daily devotions, or perhaps a verse or a phrase of something that we sang this morning would prompt you to say, um, we had a song about the heavens. We like to look at the stars. We really do on a regular basis. And when I saw that phrase came up about the heavens, I thought, man, he's got every one of those stars has a name to it. And, you know, that possibly would be something that would be worth sharing with the congregation from the open mic to just praise and glory for the creator and what is created and what we can look at on a clear day in October in Oregon. It's a miracle because it's not cloudy. You get it. You get where I'm going with that. Um, So using something that said, what about 1 Corinthians 14, 34? The women should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak. As you know, we need to look beyond a single verse to the context of the verses and also other places in Scripture to help better understand the phrase, the women should be keep, kept silent or keep silent in the churches. We have passages recorded where women did speak in the church. First Corinthians 11 has two passages. Verse 5, but every wife who prays or prophesies it. Women were not excluded from speaking in the gathering. As we can see, they prayed and prophesied. Or First Corinthians 11:13, judge for yourself is it, it is proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered. The context seems to be praying within the context of a local church in a public way. The issue before us today is not head coverings, but a woman speaking during the worship service, specifically, in your case, from the open mic, our teaching for today. So, total silence is not what is being spoken of here in 1 Corinthians 14. In 1 Corinthians 14, the context pertains to prophecies being given. When a woman speaks up and challenges a prophetic word in church, it distorts and it subverts and it undermines God's ordained male headship for that to happen in the worship service. So how is it to be handled when a woman thinks an incorrect um, word has been spoken or sung or even preached from the pulpit? Paul tells us that if a woman has a question about what is being said during the service, she should take that question home, discuss it with her husband or father, if it's a young person or a child, to discuss it with dad and get his input on it as the head of the household. 
So our elder team believes and affirms that the open mic is not restricted to males only. Females can and do come to the open mic on a regular basis with worthwhile and edifying words for the congregation. However, a word of caution, sometimes it's how it's given from the front that can become the issue. Care should be given to not turn your open mic into a mini three-point sermon. Um, we'll talk about that more, where the emphasis becomes one of teaching rather than exhorting or encouraging. That word will apply to men as well as women, is just be careful in how you present it. There's been a few occasions where a woman has come to the open mic in our church and said, I have a word, of, I have a word for the women. And, and she wants to say something to the women of the church, and they don't dismiss the women. We have the blessing of hearing it, but she feels led in her heart to say something specifically to the women in the church. And we men get the benefit of listening in and hearing what's being said. So that does happen on occasion. So at Gospel Fellowship, men, women, young, old, really any believer can come to the open mic. Thirdly, what are the blessings, the blessings of the open mic? Each one may come to the open mic, however, there may be constraints in terms of time and flow of the worship service. The worship leader is sensitive to that and responds accordingly. A little couple of side notes. When, whoever is leading worship in our church on a given Sunday has an important, and I would say a difficult, role. They select the songs that are going to be sung. They have kind of a plan in mind of the direction it's going to go. They, uh, it's definitely not a compilation of their favorites of the most popular songs that are on Christian radio. They usually have a theme in mind. They have to, the worship leader has to lead out strongly and competently. They, they have to decide when to continue a song, when to repeat a verse, or a phrase, when to skip a song due to time constraints, or a theme repeat a song, add a song. But a call to worship a couple weeks ago where um, the call to worship revolved around um, a phrase from Psalms. And the worship leader stood up and just said, just sing with me. And he just picked a song from the 70s or 80s. And most of us knew it. And that wasn't in his set, but he just felt prompted by the Lord at that time to put that song right at the beginning of the service and he's talented enough to play the guitar in just about any key so he just picked a key that we could all sing and, and it was such a blessing for that to happen. On, uh, and he's also watching, not only for timing, but um, when someone comes to the open mic, he's, the worship leader is generally listening to the Holy Spirit when he's leading, so it's not an easy thing to do. And it's a, it's a serious responsibility, and our, and our worship leaders take it seriously. A second side note. This is how I just know that the Holy Spirit is working. When whoever is preaching often finds that the songs that are sung and the words from the open mic preach the sermon before the sermon is preached. What you will share will be fit in just perfectly with what whoever's preaching on that Sunday is going to share. You might have the text, but most of the time, they don't. A few weeks back in a call to worship, two weeks before we started the book of Esther, 
somebody came to the, uh, to the call to worship at the beginning and just gave some contrast and, and comments from the book of Esther. And it was like, man, can we just start the book this week? Because it was just, just prompted by the Lord to kind of give us a, a little preview of what we were about to launch into. So um, it is often preached before it's even, the sermon's even preached. I found that the very words or the verses I are, are going to be using you would bring to the open mic before I preach them. Uh, I often find myself grabbing my notes and writing down a phrase from a song or something that somebody said that I'll refer to in the service because I can't remember it later on, but I'll just write it down at the time and do that. The Holy Spirit uses the open mic as one way of weaving the entire service together. It begins with a pre-service prayer time and it continues right on until the last conversation happens at the end of the Sunday gathering. Also, on occasion, you may feel led to come, but the song continues or the service moves on and you decide not to come forward. That's okay. You're sitting there and then what you were going to share just doesn't seem to fit with what we're singing now, and so you just go sit back down and maybe it's for next week or maybe it's for a private conversation. That happens on occasion. The other thing too is we do have some eager ones come to the open mic and they'll stand there and they didn't realize that it's six verses and you're going to be standing there for a while and that's okay the worship leader's not ignoring you they're not forgetting about you there's just a song being sung and then at the end of that they'll invite you to come forward and it seems a little bit awkward just to be standing there but it's not we're, we're used to it and we just know that um, there will be an opportunity to share so continue to listen and be ready to come or on rare occasion decides not to come to the open mic, and that's okay. So every believer has an opportunity to participate. Mutual edification. Once again, at the end of 1 Corinthians 14, it says that in using your gift, let all things be done for edification. Let all things be done for edification. We are mutually encouraged and built up by our brothers and sisters sharing from the open mic. Your heart is stirred, really, as you hear other people, other members, share what the Lord has led them to share and exercising their spiritual gift. In a very real sense, when the open mic is a practical way of displaying the one another passages in the Bible. How about just a few? Love one another. Love one another. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. The open mic is an occasion for practical, loving and caring words to be given and to be shared with the congregation. Those loving words may minister to your heart on this very Sunday as somebody shares and the Holy Spirit will use that. Secondly, another one another, build one another up. First Thessalonians 5.11 reminds us, therefore build one another up. Each member can be built up and fortified in their faith as different people share on a given Sunday. The open mic is an occasion to serve one another. Galatians 5 reminds us that for you were called to freedom, brothers, only 
do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. The open mic becomes a practical way to serve each other as the one sharing directs our focus and our attention up with God glorifying words, an opportunity to serve. Pray for one another. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. When someone comes to the open mic, oftentimes it's a prayer prompt for you. This person needs prayer. Maybe right at the time, but most often it's, it's a window into an opportunity to pray for that person that has come forward to the open mic. And sometimes even right then. Encourage one another. First Thessalonians 4.18, therefore encourage one another with these words. Through your words from the open mic, um, people are comforted. They are inspired. Sometimes they're motivated to press on in their Christian walk. Encouragement happens in many, many different ways from the open mic. Perhaps you're stepping forward with a prompting from the Holy Spirit is the very word that someone needs. I'll give you one example. Perhaps there's the wife that's been praying for weeks, months, that their husband would be a more assertive spiritual leader in the home. And just praying about it and committing it to the Lord, sometimes some reminders, sometimes some helps, but just, I wish my husband would be more assertive in the home and leading, and then on a Sunday, he comes to the open mic. What an encouragement that is to that wife. She's been praying for this and praying for this. He feels prompted by the Holy Spirit to come to the open mic. What an encouragement that would be. Another one would be, a, you have a child, and a, like I said, children can come to the open mic, and that child comes to the open mic and presents things that you've been teaching in the home, and you've been in- encouraging and reinforcing, and they're hearing in church, and they feel what an encouragement it is for a child to come to the open mic and share what the Lord is teaching them. And you say, thank you, Lord, for what is happening in our home and what they're hearing and listening and responding to. So. Two examples of encouragement there. Exhort one another. Hebrews 3.13 But exhort one another every day as long as it is still called today. Exhortation would be an urgent call to admonish based on love, based on care for those you are exhorting. A person should always bring an exhortation out of love, not condemnation. Bring it, bring it out of love. So these one another passages we know have all been perfectly modeled in the person of Jesus Christ. He lived these out absolutely perfectly. He stepped into our world in the flesh to dwell among us and model these one another's. We have a chance to put these into practical use within the local church. The open mic is one of many places that the one another passages or the one another's can occur. The bottom line is you have an opportunity and a responsibility to exercise your spiritual gifts as prompted by the Holy Spirit to edify and encourage the body. Maybe just a a brief 
definition for some of the younger ones here. What do I mean when I say edification of the body? To edify literally means to build up. The open mic is an opportunity, opportunity to promote and encourage spiritual growth in each one of us through what is said and through what is heard. So when you consider coming to the open mic, and we'll talk about the hesitations to do it in a minute, but when you consider, you might say, what I'm about to share, will it edify, strengthen, and encourage my brothers and sisters? And most importantly, will it bring glory to God what I'm about to share? Well, then you might just ask, is the open mic just a free-for-all? You know, no structure. How do we keep the doctrine right and the message clear and edifying each Sunday? How do we keep from drifting? How do we, how do we keep the service on track? I mean, we could go on and on and on from the open mic. So, what are the safeguards? What are the safeguards to the open mic to make sure it's done decently and in order? The first one is your elders. Your elders are the first safeguard. They are on duty for doctrinal error or misuse of the open mic. They're to guard and protect the church from false teaching. I would say oftentimes when someone comes to the open mic and they refer to a text, I just open my Bible and just read along with them as an elder just to, to see what they're talking about and, and where they're going with it. And I'm reading the, trying to read the context around it. But uh, your elders are on duty to protect the church from false teaching. The elders are charged to pay careful attention to themselves or to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Your elders are not out for a gotcha, trying to catch you, trying to, trying to correct you on the spot. They're, they're there to guard and protect and love and care for you. That's what they're doing when they do that. They're caring for the church of God. Most importantly in that verse, it says from Acts 20, 28, pay careful attention to yourselves. It's the responsibility of your elders to make sure that their heart is right and that they're in church with the right frame of mind and with the right care and love for the congregation. All the time, but especially in our Sunday gathering. It begins with the elders and his personal walk with God and it extends from there to the flock that God has entrusted to them. What, what should happen on the rare occasion when doctrinal error or, a, or what I would call fuzzy doctrine, you kind of go, that doesn't seem quite right. The elders might need to address it at the time and bring a word from the front, maybe some additional scripture or some clarification that would add more, a little more depth or breadth to what was being shared. Um, on rare occasion, um, we have a, a break in the middle and we may have to have an elder huddle where the elders come together and say, did you hear that? Did you hear what they said? Did you hear what they said? And maybe come after that break with a word of clarification, but the elders need to huddle and talk about it. That happens very, very, very rarely. Um, but when it is, the correction should be stated firmly but lovingly as we speak the truth in love. So your elders are the primary safeguard. Mature believers, you have a responsibility to be listening attentively. Mature believers, you're able to listen and discern truth from error. 
If you're married or a father, it's right for the woman or child to ask their husband or father for clarification is what is said from the open mic. It didn't make sense. Can you help me understand it better? But as mature believers, I think you have a responsibility to help to safeguard the open mic. Feel free to come and ask an elder about a word that was spoken that was unclear or perhaps you thought was incorrect and not addressed at the time. My encouragement to the church body is to Listen actively, listen for truth, and listen for application in your own life. What am I supposed to do with what I just heard? I think that's the proper approach, <coughs> excuse me, to the open mic. Under the heading of safeguards, there, there can be some misuses of the open mic, and, and uh, let me just address a few of those. First of all, the person who comes too often. I think it should be dealt with privately. It's been very rare that that's happened or I've seen it modeled, but having the elders come into that person and say, um, perhaps allowing some breathing space for others to come to the open mic would be appropriate and uh, not be the first one up every single week with a word. Which we love the enthusiasm, but just leave some breathing room for others that maybe don't are prompted quite as quickly as you are by the Holy Spirit and allow them to come forward. Don't come, or just do come, just don't come too often is what I would suggest. The, the second misuse is talking too long. Saying what could be said in one to two minutes, but taking ten minutes to do it. Again, I think the elders would deal with that privately, not in a public way, say, man, you took a long time to say that, and then be the next, no, come, go to them privately and say, think a little bit more succinctly about what you would like to share. Again, it's rarely an issue. Uh, again, a, a set of songs have been prepared, a sermon has prepared, been prepared to be preached. Our songs are 35 to 40 minutes, our preaching is 35, or 30 to 45 minutes. The open mic is really not a place for a second sermon. So just not too long, be, be, be succinct in coming. A third misuse, I have to be a little bit careful here, but personal testimony time. It's probably not the best occasion for the open mic. Yeah, you, perhaps you want to have a, a brief recounting of something that occurred this week in your life or recently in your life or in the life of somebody else. Just briefly share what that is and then go with that to where you're going to go with your, with your word from the open mic. How does that event tie to the word you're led to share to the entire body? Try to make the connection as quickly as you can. We've had on occasion where someone will come up and go, kind of go on and on with, this is a difficult week for me and it was hard and it was hard because of this and this and this and this and this and then this person came along and did this and this and this is really rough. And, and what he was trying to say is, I was so blessed that this brother called me up and prayed for me this week. And it's like, okay, you, could you get there a little bit quicker? Could you just say, again, not in the condemning way, but this, this has been a hard week for me. So many things have been, I've just been bombarded with so many things, and I was so encouraged when so-and-so came and called me. This song that we just sang reminded me of the amazing grace that we have in Jesus Christ. And something like that is, is where I'm saying. So personal testimony time. And then... Um, Prayer request. The open mic is, I believe, is a time to lift up Jesus, to point us to him. It's a, it's a ministry, it's an offering 
to the Lord. A, a prayer request might be better placed uh, during the prayer time, pre-service prayer, or with the elders at the end of the service. That might be the more appropriate place for a prayer request. Occasionally one does come up. We had one recently where a young man in our church was going to work on a construction crew in a rotating construction crew beginning in Las Vegas. And the parents were concerned and the dad came to the open mic and said, I just need prayer so that I can handle this correctly. And to me, that was the perfect time just to come up and for the elders to pray for him and his family as this young man entered into a very um, seven day a week job, no opportunity to find a local church. There was a lot of pitfalls there. So. But rarely do we have that type of prayer request from the open mic. That's usually reserved for the elders afterwards or your friends or on a Wednesday night gathering, maybe a, a heart concern or pre-service prayer. Another one is not listening to the flow of the service. Does what I have to say relate to what is being said from the call to worship, from the songs that are being sung, the words that have already been spoken? We're a, Holy Spirit-led church, but do listen for the flow of what's happening in the service for you to come forward. Does what I'm saying about to, does it fit with where things are at? And it's a small point, but I think it's an important one. Another one that happens on occasion is coming with an agenda. Um, what I call hijacking the service without the elder's knowledge. <laughs> um, I've seen it happen a couple of times. It goes something like this. On the way to church this morning, I was thinking that it would be a good idea to just stop and gather in small groups for the rest of our time together and pray for Israel, pray for the Ukraine, pray for the persecuted church, pray for the condition of our country. All are worthwhile items for prayer. But to not at least warn the elders at the beginning of the church, on the way to church, you had this unction or this feeling and allow them. It may be the entirely appropriate thing to do. And that's to stop the service, to set the sermon aside and just gather in groups and just pray for whatever that was. But to spring it on the elders from the open mic, it, I've seen that happen one or two times and it's not good. It's uncomfortable. And you put the elders in a position where they're having to either correct the person on the fly or the whole service gets hijacked and, and uh, something like that. So, okay. Uh, one other thing, a child coming to the open mic, a child that comes to the open mic. Coaching or screening by the parent may be appropriate for a child, but a child should not be restricted from coming to the open mic. Having a parent perhaps come up with the child would be a help, um, especially the younger they are, and uh, it helps to keep them on track. It helps to keep them, the child, concise in what they're sharing and to finish the thought for what they had. And often the parent can help them land the plane, so to speak, and so they don't go on and on. And they, they've said what they needed to say and the parent can just help them finish it out. And I think that's appropriate to happen. So don't restrict the young people from coming or the kids from coming. Just be aware that the parent may need to take a more active role in making sure that the, the word stays on track. That is a sign that they're listening to the worship service, that they're responding to what the Spirit says, and that we don't want to discourage that at all. The, op the bottom line is the open mic, while spontaneous and unscripted, should have order to it. 
1 Corinthians 14, 40, but all things should be done decently and in order. Think of the analogy of a temple being built or a building being built. It's well thought out, solid foundation, well constructed. Everything we do as we gather on Sunday should be done decently and in order. And let all things be done for building up, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. This is biblical advice. The open mic is meant to be one aspect of the worship service where the congregation is encouraged and built up in their faith. And for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. The open mic is a place where the peace of God and the harmony and unity within this body is on display. It should not be divisive. It should bring peace and harmony to the body and encouragement. And the posture in coming to the open mic with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. When you come to the open mic, it should model humility and care for the congregation that you're standing before. And patience. Not everyone will say it the way that you would say it, or in the exact form or fashion that you might like to have heard it. And on that, I would say you extend grace whenever possible. And uh, on that, I'm sure others would probably preach this sermon different than I'm preaching it today, but you know, thanks for extending grace. Now, fifthly, what should be the outcome of the open mic? In short, the glory of God. The open mic, Sunday after Sunday, should bring glory to God. We want to, our focus and our attention needs to be up. 1 Peter 4.11, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as the one who is serving by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. What a joy it is to leave our worship service on Sunday and to go home and reflect on how God was lifted up and magnified and glorified through what was said and what was sung. Such a joy. Our, some of our best conversations with Lou and I are just driving from church and recounting the goodness of God and what we saw on display. A few weeks ago, she said, the service, the whole service kind of seemed kind of disjointed. I said, oh, really? Was it the preacher? You know, or what? And so she, she just said a couple things and I said, well, what about this conversation? What about this word from the open mic? Or what about that? And so we, as we begin to talk about it, we could say that Indeed, to her it seemed a little bit disjointed, but God was glorified in what was said and what was sung and the songs that were selected and those type of things. The intended purpose of the open mic is that we speak and serve one another in his strength, for his glory, for the edification of the church. And he's gonna use the spiritual gifts in your body to bring glory to God. <coughs> Excuse me, every word spoken should point us up, not in. It's not about your gift. It's not about your talent. It's not about your ability. It's about the glory of God. So as you consider coming to the open mic, lift up and magnify Jesus, magnify the gospel, magnify the great salvation that you have been invited into, the work of God in your life and in this church. One final thing, and, and uh, this is a statement more than a question. It goes something like this. 
you know, I'm not as spiritual as so-and-so, or I could never say it as good as he or she said it, or I'm too scared to ever come to the open mic. That's probably never <coughs> even entered your mind as I was talking today. And I would just say that comparison is uh, not good. Don't let comparison or timidity or shyness keep you from coming to the open mic. The Holy Spirit will use your words, the scriptures that have been placed on your heart, and your gift to share and perhaps prompt someone else to come and share and exercise their gift. Comparison indeed does kill and deflate. Satan loves to use comparison to silence your words and your actions. Be bold, be prayed up, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and come forward to the open mic when you're prompted. One final verse, probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. So during the week as you read, study, meditate on the word of God, not only should it impact every area of your life, your home life, your work life, your recreation, that reading and studying and letting the Word of God dwell in you ritually should impact and prepare your heart to bring a fresh word on Sunday morning to the congregation. As prompted by the Holy Spirit, urged, sometimes pushed, compelled, <laughs> compelled by the Holy Spirit to come forward and bless the body and give glory to God. Finally, I would say if there's areas of the open mic that you have questions on that I haven't covered, please talk to me, talk to one of your elders for clarification. And I would pray that as you consider, I have been praying that as you consider adding the open mic to your worship service, you will see as, as our church sees week by week the blessing of the spiritual gifts being exercised and utilized each Lord's Day. We have an active role every Sunday when we gather. You may not come to the open mic, but are you actively listening to the sermon being preached? Are you listening attentively? Is your Bible in your lap? Are you looking for a thought or a, a phrase or something you can take with you into the week? And as we're singing, are you singing enthusiastically and, and, and joining with the other voices here and, and worshiping together? The open mic is just one other aspect of the together, doing things together in the body. I pray that as you consider this and talk about it more on Wednesday night, I've provided the five questions to Brian so that he can, you guys can talk through those from this morning's message. I pray that it would be something that would be a, a blessing and a benefit to you if the Lord should lead. Would you pray with me? Loving Heavenly Father, I thank you for gracious cross Reformed church. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for blessing this congregation with so many wonderful individuals and their spiritual gifts. Thank you for safeguarding the open mic when it's in place and making it a blessing to those who share 
and those who hear the words that are spoken each week. In Jesus' name, amen.